Welcome to the Televerse, streaming in place. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Streaming in Place. We are now starting week six, which means we are on Lucifer season two, episode 12, Love Handles. It occurs to me, I haven't been saying our names at the front of these, and I feel like six <laughs> weeks is too late to start that. Uh, probably, but... but Hi, is- everyone. I'm Allison Shoemaker. Yeah. And I'm Noel Kirkpatrick. <laughs> that means I have to be me, which is not it's not nearly as fun. Um, so this week, you know, friend of the show, Latoya Ferguson, wasn't able to join us today, but she will be back at, at least once <laughs> this week, probably more times. Uh, she was saying there are several episodes she wanted to talk about that are coming up. So I, like, scrolled down and was looking at it, and I was like, oh, yeah, that one's really good. Oh, yeah, that one's really good. Oh, uh, yeah, that was, they're all really good now. <laughs> Between the, where we are now and the season finale, I'm very excited. So there's, I mean, there's so many things you, that you guys have talked about wanting to see that are going to happen. And lots of other <laughs> things you've talked about wanting to happen that are not going to happen anytime soon. But like, there's some good stuff coming. So I'm very excited. This week, uh, this episode today, we are talking about Love Handles. And uh, I feel like uh, we should start with the actual love handles what did you guys think of how the episode started and how into it uh chloe is with the horns uh i mean it was a lot i feel like i'm still processing i watched it (laughs) yesterday and i'm still trying to figure out how i feel about that but it's um quite the visual gag yeah no i thought it was i thought it was pretty funny and i was just like oh yeah, there's a lot you can do with those horns. That was my immediate <laughs> thought was, there's a lot you can do with those horns. Just oh plenty. Just plenty. Uh, so, no, I, I thought it was very, I thought it was a very good way of sort of upending our expectations from the previous episode with the kiss and everything. And then we're just like, yeah, we're finally going to do it. No stewardesses this time. And then it's. A dream that Maze is eating popcorn and enjoying thoroughly from the <laughs> chair. Which Chloe, just get move that chair out of that room because it's just going to keep happening. It's just going to keep happening. Can we talk about the popcorn? Because that is maybe my favorite part. Because that means that she went was like, oh, this is going to be great. Went to the other room and yes. microwaved popcorn. It wasn't like you know that popcorn that you get that's already pre made in the bag. She had to pop popcorn which is, can be loud because they they don't have that big of an apartment uh the beep and stuff would wake me up and certainly the smell so clearly uh chloe was in this dream uh and uh and then then she sat down and opened it and was there for like i i really enjoyed that detail <laughs> yeah it was very funny it reminded me a lot of that gag on legends when the monitor was um yes eating popcorn at hay world mm-hmm Mm-hmm. It's good. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, well, let's talk a bit about Chloe, uh, because I, most of this episode is dealing with Lucifer's issues and the questions of, of choice and free will and all of these different things. Um, but Chloe's just like trying to be flirty and loose and fun and Lucifer's not having any of it. And it's just so delightful to to watch Lauren Jeremy get to be wacky and different. Um, so I really like when I first watched the show, I, I got, we got to this episode, I got to this episode and I was like, Oh, that's, oh, that's just so much more fun. I like this Chloe. How can we never get to see this Chloe? (laughs) Yeah, I agree completely. Uh, I think my favorite exchange of the bunch was, she was like, so have you ever made out in a library? And he's all confused and sort of brushes off and then goes, of course I've made out in a library. (laughs) (laughs) It's great. 
I mean, my thing with making out in the library is I'm afraid of those shelves that move when you push a button. And, <laughs> I mean, I know that there's safeguards, but that was that's just a concern I have um, in general. I can't even imagine trying to make out in one of those stacks. Uh, no, I think that everything with Chloe is really, really funny. And I like how she can't fully commit to, like, being this loose flirty person because she has to like a be a police detective but b this is not her normal existence of being so watching Jermaine switch back and forth between those modes and making it feel coherent to who chloe is i think is really really impressive and really deeply enjoyable that she's she has that space to do that. So I thought it was just really delightful. And I also really appreciated that it gave Ellis more different things to play as Lucifer than what we typically get to see from him. So that was also really, that was also the really good part. The other flip side of that was really good. I it did feel like it, I mean, I'm, this is me over, overthinking and over analyzing as you guys know, I, <gasps> I know, right. Never. Um, but, uh, for me, it was like a little bit of a window into Chloe before her dad died. And when she was like a younger, more carefree Chloe. Um, and and she's trying to like get back to that actively, you know, a little bit here. And, and so that I just, I, I really liked it. I thought it was super fun. Um, let's talk then about, before we get into all the deeper stuff and all <laughs> the, all, all the drama, let's talk, I guess, about the, um, the just, <laughs> Charlotte or mom and Dr. Linda. <laughs> so what you're saying is I need someone dumb. <laughs> okay. I know someone dumb. <laughs> and just like the, 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 the Dr. Linda part of that. And just her just again, kayak. Um, but uh, that part is fun, but I also just appreciated the writing of that scene. Helper is very funny in that performance. And then immediately going to Mace, I was like, well, it's, she could be talking about either Maze or Amenadiel. It's a little sadder if she's talking about Amenadiel. <laughs> um, so who's it going to be? Uh, so what, what did you guys think of, of that part of it? And then the, the Maze and Mom dynamic. Well, I mean, I feel like Linda just has to be really tired of people taking all the wrong things from her very good advice and her professional assistance and going... That you are correct. No, I'm, no, you're you're not listening to me. <laughs> and I just really appreciate the consistency of that as these celestials keep coming in for therapy and keep not understanding what they need to be taking from therapy. Allison's talked about this a lot, so I'm not going to like belabor this point, but it's just, it's delightful watching everyone go in there and then just be like, right, the other thing, the exact opposite of what you were saying. That's what I'm going to do. It's just like, at some point, Linda needs to switch gears and tell them what not to do, but tell them to do that so that they do the other thing. I don't know that that would work. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised that I'm not over it yet. I'm still enjoying that bit, and it should have been run into the ground by now, but I'm still very much here for it. Well, they keep finding new ways to do it. You know, yeah. they're they're finding um, new shades. Like, the thing I appreciated about this one is that there's this like teeny piece of evidence that Charlotte really is sort of trying. Right. And it's when she says, pretty please. I'm told that that works or whatever. I'm the quote is. I, I just, I feel like there are new shades and colors coming out in those sessions every time. And I, and it helps counter 
thing. Oh my God, sorry. It helps counterbalance things that the sessions with Lucifer have gotten a little bit more intense and a little bit more grounded. That's still there, but those have deeper roots. So the stuff with Maze and the stuff with Mom... Um, can be a little sillier and stuff. And then the maze and mom dynamic, I thought those scenes were great. Mm -hmm. Uh, Marcus, she can see the resemblance now. Yeah, that was a (laughs) good line, good delivery. Very nice. Um, Yeah, the, the, I, what came through pretty clearly in that scene uh, with, with maze and mom is, I I really liked how they had the writing for the performance of Leslie Ann Brandt as maze uh, reading Lucifer in that moment at the end and just feeling like, Oh, nope, nope. Done. Calling an audible leaving. This is a bad idea. Um, cause you can, you know, mom's mom's choice is more nuanced or she's straight up manipulating him. Uh, and Maze's concern is very clearly supporting Lucifer. And I think that that came through really nicely in, in that scene. Yeah. Also the setup with the bar, uh, I thought was, more subtly handled than Lucifer usually does. Um, in that I noticed that there were the photos on the wall and I was like, oh, it's one of those bars. Good yeah. location scouting. That looks really cool. Um, so the reveal and the sort of conclusion of that scene was more effective than it might have been because they had a more delicate touch with it. Also, the woman, the photo was really good. I was like, mm-hmm. first of all, I want to see Amenadiel's whole outfit. I need like mm-hmm. the entire ensemble. I hope we get that flashback. Uh, but it was just really good. Yeah. Um, okay, let's then let's get into the Lucifer of everything now. And what did you guys think of you know, how Alice is playing it, how they're writing him. Uh, Marcus says, do they usually keep 35-year-old pictures just pinned to the wall? Some places, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they do. Some bars mm-hmm. are like that. They're just yeah. deeply committed to the bit. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe it's been a while since people, like, they trade up, change them out over time, but they want to have a certain, uh, a certain number of them that are various ages to show time and stuff. So, like, even though they, it's not like they've kept every picture that just happens to be one that they kept because of loose, because of Lucifer, sorry, because of Amenadiel's, like, fashion choices in the picture, which are great. <laughs> um, what did you guys think of spending an episode on Lucifer being like, is this real? Because I, I wasn't, I don't know that I bought it for Lucifer, but I bought it, like, the character, but obviously, I think it's very important in what's, what else is happening in the show to spend this episode so that we can have the gut punch at the end, like the, yes, it is real. Yay. Happy, happy gut punch twist, you know, drama. Um, so I don't know if I, you know, coming off of the end of the last episode, I don't know. I buy a full episode of skepticism from Lucifer. Uh, what did you guys think about that? I think it's reasonable that there's a fair bit of like uncertainty about it because it could just be, a type of slow play to get to the sex type of deal, as opposed to like deeper emotional connection, which I think is where the anxiety is coming from. It's why he has that little stone or uh, sit down heart to heart with all the sorority girls um, at the college of figuring out, wait, what does it mean? What is she really feeling? Have you thought about hands? And I think that there's, I think that that vulnerability is a really different kind from the reminder of, right, no, if she's too close, I bleed. But then it's the, I'm not sure about me type of thing, but also I'm not sure about her kind of thing. And that's just really wonderfully human. And I think that that's one of the big things of, even if for you it doesn't kind of make sense, I think that whole but. What are they feeling? What am I feeling? That, I feel like, is what we're supposed to really take away from it. And that very 
universal, almost universal, probably experience of, I like that person. I think they like me, but I can't tell. <laughs> and the frustrations therein of that, um, I think really kind of fits. And it's fun watching it in the context of a celestial being, let alone the devil. Well, you get the sense that, you know, Lucifer didn't go to high school, so he didn't deal right. with those emotions back then. <laughs> yeah, that perspective on it hadn't occurred to me but I, I like the idea that Lucifer is doing what we all do when we're 12 and first suspect that someone might have a crush on us, where we just assume that we're making it up in our heads. Also, the it makes perfect sense to me that he would be baffled by the idea that he laid out all of the reasons they shouldn't be together. And he responded and she responded positively to that, which is an incredibly human thing. Right. Um and not just in the like twinkle eye opposites attract way, but incompatibility isn't always incompatibility and we don't always want what's best for us and et cetera. Um, so it made sense to me. It was maybe a little bit longer than it would have been if it were <laughs> happening in real life about the show <laughs> the, with the devil cop. Uh, but it was so worth it for that payoff, especially because it's it's this, like that beautiful, oh, my God, this is real moment, followed by the reveal, followed by the bloody nose. That last seven minutes was like gut punch after gut punch. Holy cow. Mm hmm. Yeah, I, I yeah, absolutely agree. And <gasps> Lurker unmasked. Sorry, take it, listeners, <laughs> to the podcast. Lurker has come into the Zoom, into the chat with their own name and not as Lurker. It's a dramatic <laughs> moment for us here in the Zoom. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. Um, but sorry, get distracted. Uh, yeah, it was a really the, the emotions of that. <laughs> oh, maybe, oops, maybe it was a mistake on their part. I think it was probably a mistake on their part. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, you can, you can leave and come back in and we'll fix that. Um, anyways, uh, <laughs> so the, um, the, the, yes, those moments, they really did land so well and ha like, the performance from Alice is really good. And also from German at the end, uh, who's just not listening to anything he's saying because she knows what's happening and she, you know, she's terrified and trying to pretend, hope it's not what's happening. Um, so the whole way that ending was paced, I thought was just right. Um, yeah. Let's talk about the case of the week then and go from there. So we have our first like cackling super villain yeah. of the week. How did that work for y'all? Cause usually that's not the kind of show this is. Someone who should actually be in a supervillain jail, as opposed to the record producer who is probably presumably really still in a super producer, uh, super villain jail. So one of the weird things is I missed like the guest starring credits for this, but I listened to the voice and looked at the hairline and then I turned to my person and I went, is that Tim Decay? <laughs> and then it was Tim Decay and I felt very good about myself. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's... It's a weird vibe for the show, like a Jigsaw from the Saw franchise-esque sort of thing of, I'm going to do the trolley problem, but in a really weird sort of way. Um, it just, I, I don't know that it fits with this show. It feels very silly. It feels very camp. And Decay, thankfully, is here for it. But at the same time, it doesn't, I feel like it doesn't go quite far enough in terms of being camp. Um, because taking it seriously is really difficult to do. It's just super hard to take this case seriously. So it was fine. It was silly. I liked the reminder about that Lucifer has like 
super strength because I had kind of just completely forgotten he had super strength. I was like, how is he going to get in there? And then it was like, oh, right. He's super fucking strong. He's, he's the devil. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's silly, but I mean, I'm I'm more interested to see where like it goes like within tomorrow's episode, basically, um, to see how they play the poison and everything uh going forward so that that was how i felt about it It was fine it was silly it was divergent uh diversionary i should say but it just didn't feel like it fit on this show allison how did you feel about it oh i had a really unhelpful reaction in that whenever there's science on a show like this and they (laughs) decide to make an issue of it right Mm -hmm. and then they biff all the details i find it just infuriating and i'm not a scientist but when he was like well now we need to control because she only first of all that uh, um garbage disposal scene was great that woman in her like seven lines was great so that that scene was amazing it's just like so I just, good. It was, okay, so I have a thing about garbage disposals and about blades and about hands, which is, you know, because oh I'm a violinist. Sure. <laughs> I fucking need these. Um, and so, like, and I actually, when I was in uh, music camp, uh, Czech Republic, I knew somebody who uh, had sliced off the tip of their finger with a Cuisinart uh, with a food processor blade, like, the day, like, there was, like, a skin holding it on, and that's why they didn't lose it, like, a week before they got to camp so they had a massive band-aid and were very carefully playing the cello without that finger uh so so yeah i've got a whole thing about that stuff so i just like i like not watching not listening la 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 (laughs) the whole time i was like okay i'll know when it's done based on the music cues so we're gonna keep talking to ourselves until yeah uh which means i was pretty obnoxious to watch this with but um (laughs) yeah it was very effective yeah and so going back, the idea, uh, interesting for a supervillain, right? The origin story of, well, I was in this car accident and I went for my dissertation instead of the human being is an interesting jumping off point. But the experiment itself doesn't make sense because they're not equivalent, yeah. like yeah. at all. If it's a, an adrenaline thing, then it's not 24 hours. Then it's, oh, well, I have to change the experiment because she only put her hand in the disposal because you were observing it. So he responds by then making it so the next people are also observed and they can see each other. And then they show up. So they're again observed. And then none of it makes any sense. And it wasn't like, well, I'm, you know, not mentally sound. So I'm not adhering to scientific principles. He was so stinking self-righteous about the science that I just had a hard time engaging on any other level to the point where when Lucifer started cutting himself I was like well Lucifer you don't need to do big slashes like that you could just be poking yourself with a pin and just got hung up in the details so that's um, what my partner said she was just like you could just poke your finger why are you doing your wrist this feels like a bad idea yeah just way too much calm down Lucifer uh so I love the ending and Tim Decay did a good job and the garbage disposal scene was really great. But um, there are just more leaps of logic than there usually are with a show, which is really saying something. See, I didn't have that problem with it because the because the performance and he was immediately full of shit to me. So like everything he was saying was what he was telling himself he was doing. 
uh, as he tried to manipulate people to make the same choice that he, in what in his brain correlates to the same choice that he made, which is the choice that the actor made, right? So, so like, he's just, as far as I'm concerned, he's like, ah, but uh, that one doesn't count because it doesn't validate me. And so now I'm doing it again, but more elaborate because I am good at science because I'm amazing. Like, he was just completely full of shit. So uh, that for me was not a barrier to entry at all. I was just like, yep, okay, yep, you're, you, you are not, uh, you're not in any way actually a scientist. You're just trying to make yourself uh, feel like you're, you know, like self-righteous is exactly the right word. Um, we've got, uh, Marcus says he was simply insane. Lurker says, uh, he had to be unstable. What stable scientist uses Tang as antidotes? That's a good point. Because, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what that looks like. Um, but, but I also, oh wait, Scotty says, and, uh, but also Lucifer was like, she crunched her hand. We proved you wrong. I was like, yeah, but that's not a statistically significant sample size. <laughs> oh, man, you guys are great. It's, it's like, like they so wanted to do this. force majeure, but couldn't find a way to tell that story. Oh, I have one more bone to pick. There's no way that that guy, that bullshit guy, did not have his dissertation backed up on an external oh, yeah. hard drive. No way. I would buy if it was somebody and it was like a... I don't know, 70,000 word novel. And it was a novelist who was maybe a little flighty and just didn't like back writes up. writes it by hand or. Right. Yeah. Totally. I, that I would buy. Or one of those people that writes on a typewriter. I don't mean to be judgmental. Right. This isn't that movie with honors that's got Brendan Fraser and Joe Pesci. I'm doing a really deep cut of a guy who loses his dissertation. I can't uh, this, guy, this guy says, thank you. If your name was Joe March and Amy put it in the fire, you know. Right. That works. But yeah. that guy definitely had a backup. Probably multiple backups. Yeah. yeah. But I also believe, because this guy's such a dick, I also believe that he had a backup and still went back for the, the dissertation anyways over the person because he is that guy. Um, and is that terrible? But um, yeah, so that, that part of it uh, was, to me, actually made it work better than if they had tried to actually have him be like scientific. Uh, but the it was still very jarring, but totally I agree with what you guys are saying. <laughs> the show. Uh, Lurk says, what if you just came from writing at the cabin with no cell service and <laughs> no external hard drives and, and et cetera. <laughs> but um, I did think that uh, it was fun to be for the show to remember that one of their main characters has a bunch of superpowers and normally we don't get to see them but this was just a, a different play on the same thing from the premiere where it's like detective go away because i'm gonna die in the most embarrassing way ever um so if you could just leave i can you know do things um so so that uh you know that for me, it was fun to to see the show remember and take advantage of that. Uh, Marcus says he had made 15 minutes worth of edits. <laughs> got to save those edits, man. He added a footnote. He added yeah. a footnote. Exactly. exactly. Hey, there's a whole other dissertation in those footnotes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I Also, to go back, I, I enjoyed that uh, everybody sitting around the upstairs bedroom with the girls thing at the party. I thought that was delightful. And also Lucifer being... Um, good enough at you know his job to 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 
get information and to find the, the the woman, but then not good enough to be like, hey, she's been in that bathroom for a while and <laughs> someone was going to poison her. Yeah. And to not make that connection also totally made sense to me. Um, did you guys have any other thoughts on any part of the case of the, I guess, two weeks? The, the you know, This one that's going to continue to the next episode? I'm curious about how they're going to get an antidote for Chloe. I'm like, since... All the drugs are slightly different. <laughs> I also don't buy the. I, I said it like that just to break Allison, and it works. So I'm very happy. <laughs> I, I also don't buy that this guy has like international connections to like smuggle drugs in on a chartered plane and like all like that. I mean, it seems like that seems a bit much for him. But um, but yeah. Uh, what did you guys then think of the Lucifer part of this dealing with uh, like the reveal and like. How are you guys interpreting, like, this your dad put Chloe here thing? Because I have so many thoughts on it, but I can't share them because I know stuff. (laughs) But even when I watched this the first time, I was like, this is some bullshit. So I don't know if you guys have thoughts. Well, I didn't understand why his impulse was to lash out at Chloe about it. It felt like an excuse to get him to her house so that he could see her with the nosebleed. Because she doesn't even believe he's the devil. Like, why would she know that God had... And I don't buy that Penelope Decker was like, just so you know, we were struggling. And then I had this conversation with a mysterious stranger and all of a sudden we conceived. So there's no reason that she would know um, at all. I guess that's the part that I sort of took away from it. Everything else I want to kind of wait and see how it plays out. (laughs) Scotty says, so Lucifer thinks that Chloe's in cahoots with dad, right? Or does he think she's unwitting? Yeah, exactly. Didn't make sense. But that's exactly what a pawn of the Lord would want him to think. So, ah, ah. Noel, where are you at with this? Layers within layers, plans within plans. Um, no, I'm very, I was very, I'm very much in the same thing with Allison of like, it just doesn't make any sense that you, he would think that Chloe was in on it. Um, so it just felt really forced from that perspective of like, Again, it feels motivated to get to that, to get to the nosebleed and everything. That's what it's there for. Even if it, from a character level, doesn't, for me, make a great deal of sense. And Lurker points out that Lucifer has a persecution complex, which is true and fair. But I just, it still rings a little hollow, even in the moment of coming to that realization of, wait, but my mom told me, so I'm going to go storm off now. And it's just like, no... No, I, I don't fully buy it, um, but I do buy that whatever he's going to do to get a cure will make complete sense because he loves this lady, <laughs> even if he can't say it out loud yet. They've really sold over the course of the you know the season and a half or season two thirds, however far we are now, um, the the strength of the relationship. That's the core of the show, and they've really earned I think everything that they're doing so far, and that they're gonna you know have going through the rest of the season. Um, yeah, for me, this is not nothing here spoilery. What strikes me as odd is this notion. I don't think this show has been clear enough on its conception of free will and what is free will, and they haven't engaged with it enough to show whether the characters have a strong conception of that, of what they think, because they've toyed with it before. But does Lucifer think that he didn't have any agency in his choice to rebel 
and his choice to leave hell because it was all his dad's plan or like because then no one has any choice in anything and what's the point you know so like so this notion of like of your father put her here put her in your path but i don't know i don't have a strong enough sense of how these characters feel like how involved their conception of theology is like of of dad is you know in this is he making all the choices that shaped who she is as a person and therefore creating her identity to be someone that lucifer would want to spend time with or have any connection you know what i mean so like it that is not clear to me what the characters think and so then this level of you know like in this first episode here um or like the the you know may is immediately knowing this is going to be a big problem for lucifer and also Charlotte, knowing this is going to be a big problem for Lucifer, which she's so excited about. Um, I don't know that I can't invest in that because I don't feel like they've established that in a meaningful way. So, you know, then as a viewer, I'm just going from my interpretation of it, which is like, okay, so if if your dad put Chloe here for you to run into, maybe you're like, why would you set me up? But also she's pretty great. Like, that's sort of where I'm at with it. Yeah, I think there's a connection here. And maybe this is why I didn't get hung up so much on the theological part of it. But it seems to me to sort of fit into the I was a bet mold, um, Mm -hmm. where you think something has happened to you, and it's because of who you are and because of who the other person is. And it's like a natural, unpredictable, totally genuine connection. And if you find out that that connection has roots in something that's not that, then even if it is all still real, it can feel fake, right? Like it robs it of, in at least in your mind in that moment, of the thing that makes it special. Um, and granted, it's a trope and it's a very filmy trope, but the equivalent in real life would be you know somebody asks you out on a date and you really enjoy it and you think you have this connection you find out later it's because your best friend worked on them for like two weeks to convince you to ask them out and then didn't or to convince them to ask you out and then didn't tell you about it right like you want it to be just because of who you are, not because of outside influence. So I guess that was sort of where I was entering it. But when you start bringing free will into the equation, then it gets way more complicated, obviously. More interesting, but more complicated. Well, and I think they also, I mean, like everything Lucifer's doing in this episode makes complete sense based on where he's coming from and his baggage and his issues with his family. So like, I totally buy that. But I am, I was a little more puzzled, especially, I guess, I guess it's nice for Mace to have more like awareness and stuff but like the fact that she would know that this would be an issue but she didn't connect that chloe would be upset at her (laughs) over the the bar setup you know she's like that's the same thing so you know but maybe it's just because she knows lucifer so much better i guess Noel, did you have any thoughts on this well i mean a lot of what you described as a theological thing within the show is just theological things within life (laughs) Mm -hmm. um of like issues of free will but i think like the larger thing with um, whether or not Lucifer was destined to fall, which is basically like the domino here, of whether or not God had preordained that Lucifer would fall and rebel and all that sort of stuff, just kind of like provides you with 
I don't know that it gives you like enough narrative room to like tell a story, um, especially if like your characters just end up in some sort of weird existential space of nothing I do matters because it's already been predetermined. And I don't know that that's great network drama. <laughs> it's great cable drama. But um, the degree to which it works on a semi-procedural Fox show, um, I don't know that that is the best course. But I also don't know that the show necessarily has thought that far ahead either. Um, so, and I don't, I, do, I doubt that they have. So I don't know that they necessarily care too much about that question, but you would also know better than me because you've watched the whole thing. (laughs) There's that. Um, (laughs) Lurker says it's like people who are irrationally jealous, accusing their partner of cheating on someone with uh, cheating with no grounds. And yeah, it's the same kind of, yeah, I, yeah, I see that too. Um, Okay. Well, I'm excited for part two. Uh, Do you guys have any theories? No, I don't think so. No, me Um, neither. Yeah, I, I will say that we watched Invisible Man, the new Invisible Man, over the weekend. And between that movie and then watching Tim Duque slice his own throat, there was a lot of throat slicing this week in my household, which which was a lot. And also the Invisible Man movie is quite good, so you should definitely pay the 20 bucks to rent it, because it is very good. Seconded. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, if anybody has any topics or things they want us to, to mention, uh, throw them into the chat. Uh, otherwise, I guess we'll we'll wrap up. Uh, I'm very excited for you guys to watch part two. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to this episode. There's a lot of really fun stuff. And also a lot of very dramatic, not fun stuff. But still, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to talk about. Okay. Um, <laughs> there's a dance party happening. And, you know, uh, Scotty says, I am blithely convinced I know how Chloe got poisoned. I, I think you're probably right. Lurker says, the movie is a science problem, though. Give the combo about this episode. And uh, Sky says, yes, no, yes, I think, well, we'll find out tomorrow. You can tell us tomorrow, unless you'd like to share your theory, unless you're you're worried it's a spoiler. Now, okay, so we'll talk about that tomorrow then a bit more. Because um, yeah. now Scotty can say, I was right all along. <laughs> well, yeah, okay, I'm done. We'll see you tomorrow. So that wraps up our conversation. Uh, <laughs> Scotty says, exactly, even if I wasn't. Um, so that's our conversation about Lucifer season two, episode 12, Love Handles. And then tomorrow we'll be back to talk about uh, episode 13, A Good Day to Die. And yeah, it's going to be fun. Um, so until then, thank you guys for hanging out and enjoy uh, the, the next episode. We'll be back tomorrow. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.